Good morning. <laughs> that was a very tired good morning. So let me hear it one more time. Good morning. Good morning. Yes. All right. You know, I'm, I'm 80% deaf, so you got to compensate with that sometimes, okay? You got to give it to me like that. All right. So glad that you're here today. And uh, some of you, this might be your first time with us. And uh, we are so glad that you came to worship. And um, in your program, Heather mentioned about a connection card. We ask you to take a minute, just uh, fill this out, and uh, just let us know about your visit with us, and, uh, and drop it in that offering basket as it comes by at the end of the service, and um, let us know about your visit with us. And, and this might be your first time here, it might be your hundredth time here, just uh, at least put your name on here if just, you've been here before. On the back is a bunch of things to sign up for, of course, prayer requests and comments and things like that here as well. So at the end of the survey. And uh, now, let me just take a minute and just talk about this past. Uh, um, well, first of all, let me just say this. Is it good to see Heather leading today? Was it good to see her? Yeah. <laughs> she's back there trying to hide and she said, oh no. And, uh, but she had, like, she's really been, um, like she said it right before her song, that last song, that she's really been going through a lot in uh, the past year. And, um, and been kind of laying low the last couple of months and kind of here and there the past week and I'm staying in Christmas Eve service and um, all of our Christmas Eve services and, and uh, as, she's, as the Lord's working through and finding answers for the, you know, issues that she's been dealing with and, and uh, she's moving forward. And uh, so that's good to see her. We miss her up here. So it was just quite a little bit of time. We didn't see her up here. You know, she needed to take a a step back, and, and uh, but good to see Heather. So Heather, great job today. So, uh, Christmas Eve services, uh, let me just say a few things about that. Christmas Eve was amazing. We had three services. The first one at 4 o'clock, we had, we had 50 extra chairs in the building, you know, on that first service, and just to accommodate the, the full house. And, um, and then the 5.30 and 7 o'clock services were a type of crowd, you know, there were good, well-attended services, over 500 in attendance, and, um, and, and Christmas Eve um, at 7 o'clock, that last service, um, some of you might have got the memo, maybe you noticed some of the baseboards are removed in the hallway, but um, uh, during that 7 o'clock, right before that 7 o'clock service, the last service of our Christmas Eve, we, um, some of the bathrooms, you know, we're starting to become out of commission, right? And I said, okay, you know, so we had to say, okay, bathroom closed. And then we got five bathrooms. And uh, within 10 minutes, we had to shut down all the bathrooms. And uh, so I had to come up here with a welcome, hey, welcome, and, um, you know, FYI, there's no bathrooms, you know, so, <laughs> you know. So I stepped back out there to see what else is happening, and I stepped back out, and uh, after the welcome part, and water is now coming out out of the bathroom. And then we have every little drain, like in the kitchen, and we got a couple cleanouts out here, and they started coming up. And uh, so I had to come back in here and say, hey, you know, God is good. God is good all the time. You know, we're about to take an offering. We took the offering. Then I run back out, and my office is between the two ladies' bathroom. Don't ask me why, but that's how it's laid out here. <laughs> So I'm like, okay, I got to get all my stuff off the floors, and I'll make sure we're, we're good to go there. So I'm, I'm doing stuff, you know, in between, you know, all the things that's going on Christmas Eve, 
and, uh, and it's a water coming, it, it, it's now a little, a little creek going down the south hall to the, you know, to the, you know, down to the south hallway to that south fellowship hall. It's a little creek. And so, you know, I come up there and I do the message and I go back out there. It's now Whitewater River, you know. I, not that bad, okay. I mean, but it's, it's, it's a mess. And, uh, and so we called a plumber and, and uh, he took care of the problem, you know. Uh, <clears throat> and I uh, got the registration company all on Christmas Eve. You know, Christmas Eve, I mean, me and a few others, kind of staff and team here, <laughs> we're here till 11, 11.30 at night, you know. That was our Christmas Eve, you know, making sure the building is safe, it's dry and clean. We'll meet with the insurance company uh, addressed this week, and I don't know, we'll probably get a new carpet out of a deal and a couple other things. So we'll see, maybe they'll throw in a new parking lot, the parking lot, you know, I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. We'll, we'll see what we can get out of it, right, you know. Uh, anyway, so that, that, yeah, that was Christmas Eve. You know, I'm telling you, the devil was working overtime because God was doing an incredible thing on Tuesday night. And let me say this. Despite all, because anytime, anytime the church is doing something for God, I mean, I'm telling you, the devil, the enemy, he hates it. Amen. And he hates it when he sees five people on Tuesday night give their life to Christ on Christmas Eve. So that's all. Awesome. So God is in control, and like I said, we, we're in good, good hands. You might come next, next couple of weeks and see a few things here and there, but hey, we're still having church, you know? And the restoration guy, he would come in here and say, oh yeah, you might need to go portable for a couple of months. I'm like, that ain't happening. <laughs> we're not doing that. We're gonna make this work. And so we're making it work. Well, this, uh, this Tuesday night, uh, it, it's the last night of 2019, the last night of the decade, we go into the new year on Tuesday night into Wednesday morning in a new decade. And, uh, and many of you on Tuesday night, you're going to sing the song, Aug Lang Syne. And some people call this song the most famous, the most famous song that nobody knows. <laughs> and I know, you see, one of the perks of being deaf and 80% depth that I am. One of the perks is I'm a good lip reader. I can read lips a mile away. And I watch TV and I see all the people trying to sing this song. They're just mumbling. They don't even know the words. <laughs> they got the first couple words and then it, it's downhill from there. I thought they don't know this word. And so here, here's what I've done for you. You know, to help you out on Tuesday night. You know, you got the sermon notes. They fold up, put it in your pockets. Because on the sermon notes, I give you the first verse, the, the verse that you're probably saying if you're out and about on Tuesday night, you know, to the, to the course of our lane sign. You'll have that, okay? And here's the bonus. Here's the bonus. You're going to have the song, and then you're going to have my sermon note, because somebody on Tuesday night can need a sermon from you. And you've got both. You've got the song after you're singing. And by the way, you probably need to hear a sermon. I've got one for you. And it's right here. So two for one, it's a good deal. Fold in your pocket. You might need it on Tuesday night. And at least you, you have the, the word down correct. But here's the words. I got it on your handout. I don't think I've got it on the screen. But it's on your handout. And uh, it, it said, should old acquaintance be forgotten? But by the way, the word old, in case you don't know, it's a Scottish word for the word old. So should old acquaintance be forgotten? Forgot and never brought to mind. Should all 
acquaintance be forgot in Auld Lang Syne. For Auld Lang Syne, my dear, for Auld Lang Syne, we'll take a cup of kindness yet for Auld Lang Syne. This lyric was written by a Scottish Presbyterian poet named Robert Byrne. There's a big debate on, on, who, that, on who the actual author is, but he kind of rises to the top. He was uh, around in the late 1700s, and he wrote the song in a time period where the Scottish were uh, fighting for their freedom from England. So there's a song right here, and there's five other stanza to the song. And, uh, and when you read this uh, poem, this song, it's not a very happy song. It touches on a lot of, about grief, about sadness, sorrow. I mean, just the first line of the, of the chorus kind of give you a snapshot of really what this song's about. He said, should old or old acquaintance be forgot and never brought to mind? In other words, should we forget the people we met? And there may be some people in your life who say, man, I need to forget about those people, you know? Uh, should we forget the people we met? Should anything or anyone be forgotten? How much should be forgotten? How much should be remembered? And that's what all lang sign means. It means days gone by. Days gone by. That's, a, that's what the definition of all lang sign. Or it could mean old times, old friends, old memories. So that brings the title of today's message, The Year Gone By. The Year, the year Gone By, the past year, 2019. Should we say goodbye to the past on this New Year's and should we uh, and, and never bring it to mind? Old, the year gone by, all in sign. Well, as I was thinking about this, you know, as we're looking forward and not ahead, you know, when you're driving a car, you know, one of the things they teach you about driving a car is making sure you're always looking ahead, right? You always keep your eyes forward. You know, some of us have a problem with our phones, you know, we try to drive and text or, or, or whatever uh, on your phone. That for me, um, one of the challenges for me, because I have to read lips to have a conversation with somebody in the car, I have to to have one eye forward and one eye looking at the person that's talking to me. Otherwise, I can't hear you. And I remember when Karen and I first went out on our first date, and she'll tell you this. In our first date, and uh, she's sitting next, you know, sitting next to me in the car, and, and, and I'm driving, and, and I'm looking at her. Uh, she's like, Scott, you know, what are you doing? I said, I I'm trying to have a conversation with you. It's your eyes on the road. Oh, I there's nobody in front of me. I'm, I'm okay. <laughs> I said, well, let's just stop talking. I said, well, that's boring. I mean, I've got to have a conversation with you. And uh, so it's always good to keep your eyes forward. And needless to say, we don't have deep conversations in our car drives a lot, a lot of times. You know, usually it's at a, at a red light or something. But it's always good for us to look forward. What the Bible calls for us to keep our eyes forward, not looking back. In fact, Jesus said this in Luke chapter 9, verse number 62. He said, no one who puts his hand to the plow looks back is fit for the service in the kingdom of God. In other words, looking back hinders forward progress. Looking back may cause you to, to be depressed. In fact, looking back to the past 
may cause you to live in defeat in the present, which will affect your future. Let me say that again. Looking back in the past may cause you to live in defeat in the present, in the, in the now, which will affect your future. And all of us, if we're really honest, there are things that we've done, things that we've said that we wish we hadn't said, things that we wish we hadn't done. And for so many of us, it's really difficult to get past our own past. We may know that God has forgiven us, but we have a difficult time forgiving ourselves. I don't know what it might be for you. Maybe for some of you, there's some of you here, you have a, there's a real heaviness because of, a, of your sexual past. You did some things at the time that seemed fun, it seemed right, but years later, there's just this baggage, there's just weight, and, and, and it's affecting your marriage, or it might be affecting your present situation. And you're thinking, man, I wish I hadn't done that. For some of you, there's a reoccurring sin. Something you do and you pray for forgiveness and you pray, God, you know, take this away from me. I'll never do this again. And you might go a week or two and then you fall into it again. And you feel like you're carrying this big weight from your past and you're like, man, I can't shake this sin that they keep coming back to me. For some of you, you might be you know, maybe you said something to someone that you love and something that you shouldn't have said and you didn't mean it. You know, you might have, you know, you might have felt it at the time, but you said it and now you can't unsay it. And it's affecting your relationship with that person, your intimacy with that person. Some of you made a bad decision in the past and now they're catching up to you. Maybe the consequence of that decision is now coming out or maybe you're afraid it's about to come out and you regret it, you hate it, don't know what to do. I know a lot of people that unfortunately they strayed from their marriage and they did something that really betrayed their spouse. And here they are years later, their, their spouse has forgiven them, their kids have forgiven them, God has forgiven them, but you haven't forgiven yourself. There's this aching in your soul, there's a total sense of failure and you can't get over it. I know a lot of people, unfortunately, that are divorced today. I know this real sense of guilt. You know, they think, if I could have just tried a little harder, if I could have just prayed a little bit, a little bit harder, if I just work at it a little bit more, and here you are, you're in this place. Others of you look at your kids and think, man, if I had been a better parent, they wouldn't have turned that way. And so many people feel like David did when he said in Psalm 38 verse 4, he said, my guilt has overwhelmed me. It's overwhelmed me like a burden too heavy to bear. And maybe you're here and you've said, man, I, I, I want to minister to someone. I want to mentor someone, but I feel so unworthy. After all I've done, how can I mentor a lady? How can I mentor a man, another guy? How can I because of what I've done? Or maybe you've said, man, I, I really want to have a good marriage. But after all I've done, I just don't believe I could ever have a good marriage. What's happening here? Their path continues to follow them. And, and, and here's what I hope that you understand today. I hope you hear me, and I hope you hear me well. And if you're taking note, you can take this note, just fill in the blank on this. 
every saint of God. In other words, every great person that God has ever used, every saint has a past. And every sinner has a future. You look everywhere in the world and every saint that God uses in a good way, that person had a past. And with the power of God, God helped him overcome that past. And every single sinner, that includes you, that includes me, has a future. And by the power of God through Christ, I believe that God wants all of us to overcome the past. The failures of 2019, the defeat of 2019, God wants us to move forward. Every saint has a past, and every sinner has a future. And how can you and I live out the God potential in our lives? Here's three points today, three thoughts to help us as we look forward to 2020. Number one, don't look back at sins that have been forgiven. Don't look back at sins that have been forgiven. When we have a relationship with God, God wants us to come to a realization of a full and complete pardon in Jesus Christ. In Psalms 103 verse 1, the Bible says, Praise the Lord, O my soul, all my inmost beings, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Check out the benefits. Who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from the pit. We talked about that a few weeks ago. The word redeem means to be bought back. He had bought us back from the pit and crowned you with love and compassion. Look at verse number eight. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, east from the west, so far has he removed our transgression from us. I'm so glad here that not north and south, because north and south have a beginning point and an ending point. But east, you can keep going east and east and east forever. You keep going west and west and west forever. It never ends. And God has removed our transgression as far as the east is from the west, not north and south. He said in verse number 13, as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. You see, I wonder when it comes to the forgiveness of God, I wonder if you believe this for others, but not for yourself. Because we talk about forgiveness and God's forgiveness for everybody else, but oftentimes we just don't forgive 
ourselves. And if you're a child of God, by trusting in Christ as your Savior, that God has put away all your sin from the east to the west. God doesn't look back on our sins after he's forgiven them. And if he doesn't look back, then what right do you have to look back at your old sins? What right do you have to feel the guilt of sins that's already been paid for and bought at the blood of, through the blood of Jesus Christ on the cross? And here's something else. When God saved us, not only does he forgive us of the sins of our past life, but he delivers us from judgment from those sins. We have a new life in Christ, and he doesn't condemn us. In Romans chapter 8, 1, therefore there is no condemnation to those who are found in Christ Jesus. In other words, he's taken away the punishment of eternal hell from our lives. We're not, we're not hold to that anymore when he forgives us of our sins, when we come into a new relationship with Jesus Christ. Uh, sure, there are some natural consequences of some sins. I mean, if you commit a crime, you know, uh, God doesn't forgive, uh, God doesn't speak into the judge here and say, you know what, he murdered someone, so, but he's okay, he's a Christian now, he, get the, you know, you know, he doesn't have to go to prison. No, you still have to face prison. Uh, you've got natural consequences, you know, when you do those things. But eternal punishment, God removes. There are natural, temporal, passive consequences of our action on this fallen earth. But once we're a child of God, he does not punish our sin for eternity. Instead, he extends to us his mercy and his grace. grace the word grace, if you're taking note, is God giving us what we do not deserve. We do not deserve forgiveness. We do not deserve a relationship with God. We don't deserve a heaven. We don't deserve a new family in Christ. And that's what grace is. God's given us those things that we don't deserve. Your biggest sins are not too big for God's grace. Amen. Your biggest sins, he talk about being redeemed from the pit. No matter how deep you are in the pit, he's willing to redeem you. He's willing to scoop down into the lowest of lows. No sin is bigger, no sin is too big for the grace and mercy of God. And the word mercy is God not giving us what we do deserve. See, because of our sin, we deserve eternal separation from God, judgment, punishment, retribution. We deserve hell. But mercy is God not giving us those things that we do deserve. And the passage I read, look at the couple of these verses, Psalm 103, verse 4, he redeems your life from the pit. He crowns you with love and compassion. Look at verse 10. He does not treat us as our sins deserve. This is mercy. This is mercy. He doesn't treat us what we deserve. He re or repay us according to our iniquities. Verse 11. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. Listen. Don't look back in 2019. Don't look back in your past. Don't go back down the cul-de-sac of your past sins and regrets. Don't think for one minute that God is judging you now for things you did before you became his. As 
outside of Christ, we have a relationship with the Heavenly Father that's never broken. First John chapter 1, verse 9 is a verse that you need to claim. The Bible says if we confess our sins, he is faithful, he is just to forgive us of our sins. What a wonderful promise. A wonderful promise of God. If we confess, the word confess means to be in agreement. To agree with the sins that we have. We go to God and say, God, I see what you see. I'm calling out like you're calling out. It is sin. I confess. According to the word of God, this is a sin. The Bible says that when we confess to him and him alone, he is faithful. You know the word faithful means every time without failure. That means every time you confess, every time he is faithful to forgive you of your sins. Every time. That means, let me, let me help you play this out. You know that reoccurring sins that you keep struggling with? The fall and you say, okay, I'm going to go to Jesus. I'm going to ask him to, com- I'm going to, you know, to confess my sin and forgive me of my sins. And you go to him because he said to. First John 1, 9 said to do it. And you go good for two or three weeks. And then you do the same stupid sin again, right? Amen. And you fall down and you say, oh, man, I can't believe I did the same thing. I thought I had victory over there. Amen. And I messed up again. And so you go to God and say, God, I know I came to you a couple weeks ago and and I did it again, God. I'm sorry. Forgive me. He's faithful. He's just. He'll do it. But here's what gets me, and here's what might get some of you. Another week goes by, and it's strike three. Because there's a phrase in our common cultural language that says, three strikes and you're out. <laughs> you know? We do that with our kids. Say, three strikes and you're out. You know? You do that with your employees. Three strikes and you're out. And sometimes we think, okay, God, I just messed up the third time in the same month. And, and we actually think that God has a quota. You know, we can only go to him so much. And we say, man, God, I messed up now the third time. And I, I don't think I can come back to you. I, I've already dropped the ball twice. And I feel embarrassed. I feel stupid to even come back to you, God. I don't even know that you'll forgive me. I keep, I'm, I keep messing up. I keep dropping the ball. And so you know what we do? We do what we do for our kids sometimes. We put them in timeout. We put ourselves in timeout. And so, right, God, I've, I've extended your grace. Your grace kind of runs out for the month. I'm going to put me in a spiritual timeout. And we do that. We, we, don't, we don't confess our sins. We hide, we, we, we hide in the corner. And I say, God, I've, I've fallen from grace. I've messed up too many times this month. I've fallen, I've fallen too many times this year. I'm in timeout. And we do this. And here's the thing. Nowhere in God's word where it said that we should put ourselves in spiritual timeout. That's something that we made up. And God's like, No. Get back up. Confess your sin to me because I'll do it again. And I'll do it again. And I'll do it again. I will be faithful to forgive you of your sins. And I'm just 
with me. I have the right to do it. I sent my son Jesus to die on the cross, and his blood and his sacrifice extends to all sins. Faithful and just. That's the verse in Proverbs that said, the righteous man, he falls down seven times and gets back up. He gets back up. He gets back up. And so this year, I pray. You don't put yourself in spiritual time out. I pray that you confess the sins because he's faithful just to forgive us our sins. Don't look back at sins that have been forgiven. They're under the blood of Jesus. So leave them there. Here's the second thought here. Don't look back at defeats that discourage you. Don't look at the defeat. Don't look back at the failures, the defeats that discourage you. Notice what God does to those who fall. Look at Psalm 37, verse 23. If the Lord delights in a man's way, he makes his steps firm. Though he stumble, he will not fall. For the Lord upholds him with his hand. Don't allow failing make you feel like a failure. I've met many people. I've met many people who feel like they're useless for God because of past failures. In fact, you know, there's some of you, the past year in January of 2019, you made some spiritual goals. You set, you set up spiritual goals to say, hey, you know what, I'm going to read the Bible. Five minutes a day, 10 minutes a day, 15 minutes a day. You set some goals. And you were doing great until the fourth or fifth day of January. I mean, you were reading it, and then the fourth or fifth day of January, you got busy, and you forgot to read God's word. And you knew it. You said, man, I just don't have time. I'm too tired. I'll catch up the next day. And the next day, we say, okay, I've got to catch up. I got five chapters that I missed yesterday. I got to read my five chapters today. I've got 10 chapters. I got to do it. And you get into one chapter and the phone rings. Or the kids come in and say, okay, I, I got to take care of the kids. I'll come back to finish chapter two to, two to ten right, for the day. And what happened? You got too busy again. And now, the, now you got the third day. Now you got 15 chapters according to your reading schedule. And now you're looking back and say, man, I, I don't know if I can keep up with this. I got 15 chapters today I got to catch up. I, I, I read the one, so 14 chapters now. I need to keep adding up. And before you know it, you, you get, get discouraged. You feel like a failure. You say, man, I can't keep up with this. And I, I, you know what? I'll I just stop. I, I, I'm just not good at this. And I'm here to tell you this. Drop the schedule. Don't worry about catching up. Just get back up and read the four or five chapters that you're supposed to be reading. You know, I use an app. It's called YouVersion app. And, and let's be honest, I've had to use it a couple of times, but it's a great little button that said, catch me up. It's, we set the whole calendar, and instead of me trying to 
get caught up, you know, whatever many chapters, I, I get back and I get plugged in. I don't let failure keep me down. And I'm, I'm here to say this, in 2020, man, set some spiritual goals and know this, you're gonna stumble. You're on a firm path. You're on the, on the path that God wants, but you're gonna stumble because we're human beings and that's why we have a heavenly father who will give us the power, the strength to carry us from day to day. He will get us through this. He'll hold you by the hands and when you start to stumble, he'll remind you that's the Holy Spirit speaking into your life and say, hey, you know what? You, you forgot yesterday, but just get back up and read, the, read what you want to do. Get on your rhythm and stay on that rhythm and if you miss it, get back up on it. Whether it's reading, prayer, whether it being faithful to church, just get back at it and stick with it. Get off the ground. Keep on keeping on. Here's what you need to remember. Because so many of us, we are defined by the words that we label ourselves. Failures. You might have defined yourself as loser or incompetent or you're no good. You've labeled yourself. Here's what I want you to remember. You are not what you have done. You are not what you have done, but you are who God says you are. Amen. And who does, and what does God say you are? He said you're a child of God. You're the redeemed, you're forgiven, you've been bought with a price. You're his and his alone. That's what we need to remember. Don't look at, the, at yourself as a failure. But see yourself the way God sees you. Number three, don't look back at old conflicts that make you better. Don't look back at old conflicts that make you better. Now, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this because there's going to be a sermon series I'm going to be doing, uh, you know, either end of January or sometime in February coming up. It's a sermon series could be called the grudge, okay? We're going to talk about those grudges. Uh, we've got to deal with it. We've got to deal with those grudges because they will make you bitter. It will cause you to be bitter, cause you to be sore at people. It will make you a negative person. You don't want to be bitter. And so the Apostle Paul, I'm sorry, the Apostle Peter, he, he challenged us to forget the past and to get on with, with righteous, profitable living. He said in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse number 1, he says, rid yourselves of all malice, that's ill will, that's a, a vicious character. Get rid of those characters, those, those ugliness. And he says, get rid of all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, slander, that backbiting. Now get rid of the backbiting in your life. Get rid of all of that, all of those things. And he said, like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk. So that by it, you may grow up in your salvation. Paul says, you've got to lay all that junk aside. You've got to put it all aside. You've got to give it up. You've got to stop it because it's going to cause damage, destructive damage to your life. And then he said, when you lay it down, you pick up God's word and you grow in God's grace. Look at Hebrews chapter 12, verse 15. See to it that no one misses the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. Don't look back at old conflicts that makes you bitter. 
Who do you need to forgive? Who do you need to forgive? The word forgive in the original Greek language means to let go. Who do you need to let go? Who do you need to release in your life? Who is it that you're holding on to? Because if you're holding on to it and you won't let go and you allow that hurt to build up, then you have caused a, a foothold for the devil to climb into your life. And get attached to it because he wants to, he want to grow on that. He wants to develop that. He wants to build on that. On that anger, that hurt, which will cause bitterness. Bitterness in your soul. For 2019, it's about to be done. As you look back on this last year and the years before that, be careful. And don't look back at sins that have already been forgiven. Don't look back at defeat that gets you down. And don't look back at old conflict that makes you bitter. Let me close with the words from Paul. And he says in Philippians chapter 3, you know this verse. He said, brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. Forgetting what is behind, he said one thing I do, but yes, he mentioned two, I don't know, but anyway, <laughs> forgetting what is behind and pushing, straining. I mean, that could be easy, but you gotta fight. But you can win, you can do this. Why? Look at verse 14. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. The strength that you need. It's found in Christ and Christ alone. And you can do this. And 2020 could be a banner year for your life. 2020 can be a, a year for you. You got to let go of the sins of the past. And you gotta, you've got to quit labeling, labeling yourself as a failure. And see yourself as the way God sees you. Don't let the defeat of the past define you. And don't let the old conflicts don't let those grudges be built up inside of you with cause bitterness. 2020 can be an awesome year if you're pushed forward, pushing ahead. We're going to sing a song here in just a minute. Heather is going to come back up here to the band. They're going to sing a song called Reckless Love. I love this song because, man, this, this is a song about our God, our Savior. He is on our side. He is with us. He's fighting for us. And as you fight in the new year, 2020, know that you're not alone. That you have a Savior who is with you and holding you side by side. 2020 could be the, the greatest year of your life if you give your life to Jesus and let him be in charge.